Welcome to the Mapped Out Money Podcast, where we help you understand finance and manage your money so you can get on with living your adventure. You're listening to episode number 15. And today's episode is sponsored by the Mapped Out Money Minute. Yes, you've probably heard about this, but if you haven't, it is another podcast that we do. It's a daily podcast, and they're typically anywhere from, I don't know, 60 to uh, 90 seconds sometimes, 120 seconds, 180 seconds, 300 seconds, somewhere in there. Nick likes to talk. It's hard to keep him down that small They're a couple minutes long. But uh, yeah, Mapped Out Money Minute. So they're just daily, short, bite-sized personal finance tips. Uh, Very similar stuff to what we talk about here on this show, uh, but they're just very, you know, nugget-sized, I guess. So if you're interested in that, you want to hear from us on a daily basis, check that out on your podcast player, Mapped Out Money Minute. So I'm excited about this episode because it's framed a little bit differently than our other episodes have been. Yeah, I think we're, we're trying to kind of attack this from a slightly different angle. And, you know, ultimately it's, it's themed similar to what you hear us talk about a lot, which is we want you spending money in a way that's meaningful for you. You know, that's why our tagline is, you know, using money as a tool to live your adventure. That's the whole point. And, you know, kind of what kicked this off, this or at least this framing of this episode in a certain way, is getting asked questions from people that, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in, like, there's no dumb question. Like, I don't ever want to shame anyone for asking a dumb question because there's really not. No. And these, these are all questions that most people, this is how they view money. This is most people's kind of questions. But there are lots of questions that will get emailed or that will come up in a YouTube comment or something like that. And, and we just think that there's a better there's way. There's better questions to ask. So yeah. that's what it comes down to, right? There's a sort of a well-known um, trope, I guess, or, or quote um, that's not really attributed to anyone in particular that I could find uh, in personal development. That is, the quality of your life is determined by the quality of the questions you ask. And so I think it's important to always try and make sure whenever we're asking a question to first question the question and say, okay, is there a better question we should be asking? So that's that's really the theme of today's episode. And we're going to kind of take a few popular questions we've gotten asked and I've heard over the years in personal finance and try to spin those on their head and give you better questions to ask. All right. So with that being said, what is our first question? The first question that we hear being asked a lot is, can I afford this? Yes, that question comes up all the time. Can I afford this? And why is that a bad question? Well, we'll get into that in a second. But first, let's ask the better question. So the better question is, what will this bring to my life? And is it worth the trade-offs? Another way to ask that would be, how does this fit into my long-term values and vision? Can I still achieve those and make this purchase? And if mm-hmm. not, what's those trade-offs, right? So we're really trying to dig into this particular purchase, not this blanket, can I afford to make the payments on this thing? Which right. is ultimately a lot of the time what the question really is. Yeah, It's what's my income? How much does this thing cost? Do I have the money in my bank account? Can I make the monthly payment? Or or even worse, right, do I have the money currently available on my credit limit, right? Can I can I charge this to the card and not, not overdraft? That is the absolute kind of wrong way to even frame this question out of the gate. And so the way we want to think about this, obviously, most of the time this comes up with can I afford this? A lot of the time it's it's with big things, right? Like a house or a car. And you don't want to just 
buy the biggest house that the bank will loan you the money for. Or buy the boat because you can make the monthly payments. That's right. That's right. Like, that's not at all the way we want to think about it. Instead, that's why we're asking that better question. You've got to have clarity around where you want your life to go, what goals you're focused on, what the vision you have for your life is, and then how much money you need to be saving per month to achieve that, or how much debt you need to be paying down per month to achieve that. And then you can ask the question of, okay, knowing that, knowing that I need to be you know, budgeting and, and putting aside enough money to achieve those things, with this particular purchase, can I still hit all those long-term goals? And achieve this thing and, and and is this thing going to you know what's it going to bring to my life is it going to help me achieve those long-term goals in that vision or is it going to hinder me and if it's going to hinder me is it worth the trade-off is it worth the trade-off yeah because sometimes it might hold you back for a little bit and you might say you know what that's fine that's i'm worth that's fine i can make up for that later that's right or, yeah 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 so because we all are constantly having to balance enjoying life now yeah but also preparing for the future and that Totally. I mean, that fine line that's in there. Eventually, we want to have, you know, we want to buy a rental property and then we want to buy another rental property and we'd like to buy our home. Could we achieve all of that faster if we sold the Airstream and then didn't have any pets? Of course. Yes, we could definitely get there faster. (laughs) Would our life maybe be a little sad? Yes, (laughs) 100%. And so, so it is this fine line. But it's this balancing act of not asking, can I afford this? And instead asking, what does this bring to my life? Is it worth the trade-offs in light of that long-term vision and long-term goals? And this doesn't just come up with the big purchases, right? It's easy to pick on those, but it comes up with all of our little bitty purchases as well. Mm -hmm. And the budget, as far as small purchases go, our budget has been really helpful for me in this area um, because I do tend to be... I'm more of an impulse buyer than you are. So like I like going to TJ Maxx to just look around and kind of see what I find. And whereas if you go to a store, you're going to have like one particular thing in mind that yeah, you're I'm looking only on for. a mission. Yeah. So like when I'm at TJ Maxx, you know, I'll find something that I like a coffee mug or a shirt or whatever. And our budget allows me to look and go like, okay, do I have the spending money to buy this thing? If I do, Say I've got $30 of spending money and I'm going to buy a $15 mug. Okay, well, the rest of the month, I'm only going to have $15 left. Is this mug really worth it to me to to buy? Or do I just kind of like it and I can look at it and go like, oh, yeah, I like that thing and then put it back on the shelf. That's right. Um, so it it helps it helps to make those decisions when you have some boundaries to make them around, too. It also helps in that way because we've already set up our budget in a way to ensure we're hitting those long-term mm-hmm. goals. So then as long as we're staying within the allotted amounts, we know we are not going to hinder ourselves from achieving mm-hmm. kind of that longer-term stuff, right? Because we've already kind of done the pre-work. So now when we're asking this question of, okay, what does this purchase bring uh, to my life? Does it help me? And you know, am I willing to make those trade-offs? We can hyper-focus on that particular thing. And when I make the decision to not buy something, I really don't feel restricted. Like, I I see it in light of all of our other priorities. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, that coffee mug's cute or whatever, but it's not more important to me than buying a rental property and buying expensive food for our pets and, you know, all of those things. So I'm happy to leave that thing at the store. That's right. And, and you know, there's certain things where it actually does help us towards our long-term goals, right? Now, we got to be careful to not justify 
purchases that we should make, but like good running shoes is a good example, right? Because we've sort of mapped out our vision for our life. Part of that vision for our life is to be really healthy and to mm-hmm. be able to uh, ha- live a very active lifestyle. And so that means if we're going to run, which we are, we need to have good shoes that support that and and don't lead to injury, right? And so now when we're sort of looking at our purchases and can we afford these running shoes, um, well, we know that that they're actually going to help us towards our long-term vision. Uh, and as long as we're smart about saving for them and not just putting them on a credit card that we can't uh, you know, pay off, then it is, in fact, going to be helpful for our long-term stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's... I. I think it's recognizing like how you're using your spending because I I think especially um, with fitness things, you know, people can buy, can use buying new equipment or new workout gear or shoes or outfits or whatever to try to motivate themselves. Yeah. And, and I think, I think it's all of that you know, within reason. So I think it's, it's recognizing like maybe you do need a little extra push of motivation and something to like kind of get you excited again about exercising. But, you know, maybe, maybe the $130 pair of running shoes isn't what you need right now. Maybe you can buy a $10 uh, workout tank top that helps you feel a little bit more excited about getting up tomorrow morning to work out or something it accomplishes the same thing yeah but it's but it's recognizing it's being really honest about you know okay do i actually need new shoes because like my legs are hurting and you know yeah i'm gonna injure myself yeah 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 or am i just doing this to kind of try to help motivate myself i just i just need a little push um so yeah just getting really clear on why you're buying something and i want to make i want to make sure we also point out here too this this conversation should make you not feel shamed when you do decide to buy that thing, especially like if it's, if it's expensive. Um, I had um, a, a client that I was working with where one of her goals was to buy a, a $3,000 purse, okay? And she felt a little bit embarrassed about that. And in the she meantime, it she's like, crushing it, yeah. right? She's crushing it. She's saving and investing well and, like, setting herself up for this awesome, like, life. And she's going to be building wealth in a great way. And, like, she's got all of her stuff on lock, her budgets, like, down pat. And then in addition to that, she's setting aside a little bit of money to eventually be able to get this $3,000 purse. Now, um, does Nick True want a $3,000 purse? Uh, no. But as somebody who likes a good backpack, I can I can put myself in her shoes and kind of understand a little bit. And, uh, and and so I told her, I was like, no, that's awesome. Like, yeah, she, you're, she was kind of like embarrassed. Yeah, she was embarrassed by it. And I was like, no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. This is amazing because you're hitting all your long-term stuff. You're not hindering yourself. You're going to be able to still achieve all the big life vision stuff that you've set out for yourself. And then you're also systematically setting aside money to be able to make this purchase. You should, when, when the time comes and you've got the money to be able to, to buy it, buy it. And don't and feel bad it. about it. Yeah. Enjoy that. Because other people would spend that three grand in other ways that maybe is less meaningful to you. And mm-hmm. and that's not the point. You know, like for me and Hannah, we've spent big on this Airstream and we've spent big on our pets. And Airstreams are like the least practical camper yeah. you can get. They're, and we knew that not, when we bought it. That's right. Like it was purely an aesthetic reason that we bought it. We were like, we just like Airstreams. That's right. So we're willing to pay for Airstream. But we knew that from like, an, uh, can I afford this standpoint? We knew that that wasn't the right question. The question was, are we still going to be able to hit the goals and long-term stuff for our life that we want to hit? Yes. Okay, great. Now, 
Are we willing to make other trade-offs in order to buy the Airstream? Yes, we are. And so that's ultimately how we got here. For you listening, like, I want you to do the same thing. Um, I want you to set yourself up to look at those long-term goals, that long-term vision, make sure you're on track to do all that. And then everything else can kind of fit in between that. And as you ask those questions, it's like, okay, now do I want to get these things in light of hitting the long-term vision? Great. You can afford it. Awesome. Rock and roll. That's what this is all about. Okay. Question number two. What do people spend on average for specific things like groceries or rent or a car? Can I get some percentages? I'd like to know how my spending compares to that person. You know, another one that's in this category is that whole like whatever percentage of your income you should spend on a on a ring. Yes. On an engagement oh, my ring. Gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I probably shouldn't even brought that up. That's like your when, pet peeve. Oh, my goodness. Well, I just remember people talking about that when I was like looking at rings for you. And I was like, that's a stupid question. That is stupid. Why? Like, because I remember people saying like, a man should spend about a month's worth of income on the ring. So whatever that is for, I'm like, no, that's a, no, that makes no sense. Like, (laughs) no, because like, what if you don't make a lot of money, but like, she wants like something really nice, you know, well then, then it might be more than a month's worth of income. And so you're going to save for two years to make that or something. I don't know, you know, or what if like you make bukus of money and like rings are just not that big a deal to her. Yeah. And so it makes no sense to like, spend that much that money. That doesn't on make ring. any sense. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So, yeah, rules of thumb in general for for finances. For, for, are... for what, what people should do on average is spend X percentage on this thing. Those sorts of questions are just not helpful. They're the wrong questions. And so a better question is does my spending in this category, the amount that I'm doing, the percentage I'm doing, does that align with what I care about the most? Not taking into effect what anybody else around me is doing. Yeah. And and again, it helps you step out of making decisions based on the status quo and based on autopilot and step into consciously deciding how you want to spend your money. That's right. And I think before we we even dive deeper, because I want to go there too, but I think two other common fallacies mess this question up. First and foremost, it's really hard to get accurate numbers to compare. And so like take groceries, for example. Some people would call everything they buy at at Costco or Walmart groceries. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, is that really groceries? If you're buying cleaning supplies or cosmetic items or, or even know, clothes. Clothes. Yeah. But you're just throwing it all into the grocery category because mm-hmm. it came from Costco. Or um, alcohol. Or like alcohol. A lot of people spend a lot more on alcohol. That's right. And, yeah. So is all that groceries. And then also, how healthy are you? If you're really health conscious. And you're trying to buy And you're trying to buy fed, grass-fed, grain-fed, blah, 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 and well, whatever. grain-fed wouldn't be healthy. Okay. Well, that's why you <laughs> handle that piece. Okay. So <laughs> if you're trying to buy like the really healthy stuff, it's oftentimes more expensive. Right. Like my, my parents, they they're friends. Right. With a with a farmer. They buy a whole cow once a year, you know, and then they load the freezer up comparing their grocery bill to somebody else's grocery bill. It's it's a totally different setup. It's yeah. A totally different thing. If you're trying to optimize just what you're what you're spending from like a budgeting perspective because you're trying to pay off debt or whatever and you're going to eat beans and rice every night, it doesn't make sense for me to compare my grocery budget to what you're spending because right. we're, we're valuing different things. And then also, you know, 
uh, we also have to throw in like the athlete thing, right? Mm-hmm. So, so even comparing like, well, this is a family of four to another family of four. Well, great. Does that family of four have like two teenage boys running cross country and playing football? <laughs> yeah, because if so, yeah, they're it's way gonna different. be spending a it's lot way on groceries, different, right? So, so groceries is one of those things where it's just an easy example to say like you're not comparing apples to apples here. So it's probably just wise to not pay that much mm-hmm. attention to it. In the same way, high cost of living and low cost of living areas drastically different. And so for me to say, well, you should only have 25% of your monthly income going to your housing, like your rent. But if you're living in Manhattan and you're 22 years old and you're trying to work an up-and-coming job at an ad agency because that's kind of your career path, there's very little chance that you're going to be able to actually keep your rent under 25% because it's an extremely high cost of living area and you're early in your career. And so you got to be careful with these rules of thumb and with comparing percentages to others. Instead, like always, you need to be really clear on what you want, what your family wants, and then do look at your percentages. You know, we do look at the amount of money we're spending as a percentage in our different overall categories. But then we say, okay, does this align with what we think is important for our life? Yeah. Does that does that align with how much value we place on that category of things? That's right. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I guess another last example here on the housing piece, because housing is so easy to pick on. If you are more of a homebody and your home really matters and the location really matters, you might be more comfortable spending a larger percentage of your budget on a home, whereas somebody else might want to have you know, you travel a, a less expensive home and then travel, yeah. right? And so that's why like these percentages in general, I'm just not a big fan of comparing. I think you're much better off with mapping out your own life and then looking at your own percentages. Yeah. If you if you do choose, I, some people have pushed back on that. Like, well, I just like to see like in general what people are spending. And that's fine. You just need to make sure you're coming at it with the right mindset. Sure. If I just want to know that information and know that information, it's fine. But it really should not be a guiding light for me. If anything, I would think about it like, you know, I don't even know that I would compare it to weight on a scale. I think it's, you know, how like weight is just one number. It's yeah. not an overall depiction of your health mm-hmm. at all. Your percentage in your different categories, you maybe could could look at it that way. Just recognize there's so many other variables that it's really just a very ballpark number at best. Um, so, so please don't put too much weight in that if you are trying to look at other people's percentages and, and compare your spending. Yeah. Okay. I think we're ready to move to number three. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So number three, the third question is... But why would I buy this when I can get XYZ thing for free or cheaper? And it's just, it's not the right question to ask when you're comparing one product to another. Instead, a better question is, what's the best tool for the job based on the value that it provides? And then how important is that value to me? And looking at everything based on its own merits, not necessarily always defaulting to the cheapest solution that maybe potentially possibly does what you want it to do. Yeah, this came up with a, a session that you were doing, like a live session that you were yeah, doing yeah. for YNAB. And um, it was like a, a boss trying to help some of his employees learn. Yeah, we do how like, a, like a training day for yeah. how to build a budget, basically. And somebody in particular was like, 
why why would I do why would I use this when I can find something? Yeah, wine is a paid tool. It's yeah. eighty whatever bucks a year. Yeah, so I can do this for I free in that? Excel, mm-hmm. you know, or something. And the whole idea is, if you don't value the the things that YNAB brings to the table, like the convenience factor and like the fact that it's just less effort, like you don't have to go in and build an Excel sheet. If those things don't matter to you and you're an Excel guru and it's only you using it and you don't really care if you have quick access to it on your phone with an app or something like that, then yeah, maybe using Excel makes sense for you. Yeah. And, you know, not always to sound like a YNAB fanboy, but to get nerdy for just two seconds, there's one particular thing that YNAB does better than every other budgeting tool on the planet right now at this moment, which is they only allow you to budget the money that you currently have available in your account. And Mm -hmm. that's different than every other budgeting tool. And it's my belief that that single feature is, is worth the yearly amount because it forces you to live on your budget. Uh, and, and that's, that's my opinion, but you know, there's plenty of friends and family members and people I know that, don't use YNAB and budget fine. But it's recognizing, yeah, there are other ways out there that yep. may be less expensive where I hypothetically could reach the desired destination. Yeah. But will I actually reach the desired destination right. using them? That's right. And a lot of times, the if we're real with ourselves, the answer is no. That's right. So like this came into play for us with fitness stuff. Oh, gosh, yeah. And um, there was a an online workout girl that we like, Krista Stryker, 12-minute athlete. We've talked about her a million times on here. But she had a boot camp, and I forget how much it cost. But, That's you know, a few hundred dollars. Yeah. yeah. And we, I kind of said, like, well, I mean, it's a couple hundred dollars. And, like, I mean, I, I could just do workouts on my own. Like, I don't really have well, to Well, and have... also, we could pay for her app, which yeah. was significantly cheaper, and get the same workouts. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, um, and so we kind of toyed around with it, and it was like, yeah, but we've... We've had her app for like a couple of months at this point, and we, and we haven't, haven't been doing it. the workouts. Yep. And for what, however many years before this, like we've been inconsistent with our workouts. So clearly, we need something to to help us. We yep. need some accountability to help us. So in that case, it's worth it to pay for that accountability because you're, we're getting a huge valuable income. Yep. Uh, or um. Not income. Uh, we're getting a huge value back for the value, for the for the money we're putting in. Is that what yeah, you're trying to say? Yeah. What was that? Outcome. Outcome. Yeah. Okay. We're getting a hugely valuable outcome that's from right. that. That's right. Because that's having a big impact on our health going forward. Yep. If we if we can do something now that helps us stick to a fitness plan for the long haul, that's really valuable. Which it ultimately did. Like yeah. it was what it was an eight week class, and it was like you had homework. You no, had it was to twelve like, weeks or twelve weeks. You had to film your you had to film your workouts and like post them, and then she would give you feedback on your movements and all mm-hmm. this stuff. And I mean, we did that a year over a year, right at about a year ago now. I guess mm-hmm. you did that, and um, that one thousand percent kicked us yeah, that's off. Been huge and uh, and got us actually sticking with working out consistently going yep. forward. Um, and so, is all the information out there for free online on the internet? Yep. It is. Uh, also, we weren't using it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so for us, it was worth the value. It's not always th- the question of like, well, I should just use the free thing. It's like, no, that that's not that's not the right answer. The, the right question is, what's the best tool based on the value it provides, and how important that value is for you. And a lot of times, um, you know, what comes into play is recognizing that something's value might be a lot greater for you than 
other people sure. recognize it yes. as being. Yeah. So other people might look at YNAB and think it's silly for you to pay for YNAB, but you can look at it and go like, in the grand scheme of things, YNAB is saving me a huge amount of money because it's it's keeping me from budgeting money that I don't have. Yep. It's keeping me from breaking my budget all the time because I can pull it up on my phone and have ready access to it. It's keeping me and my spouse on the same page. It's keeping us from arguing. Like that's a lot of value packed yeah. into a software tool. Well, and and like uh, to your other point, there's a running a running shoe example, right? You had recently told me about a review that you saw on a running shoe. Yeah, I was reading about Newton running shoes, which I've never run in Newton shoes. I don't know whether they're good or not. But this guy, he. He did a review and basically he was like, I really love this shoe. And he listed off all the reasons why he liked it. And then at the end, he was like, but it's like 40 or 50 more dollars than other running shoes. So I wouldn't buy it. And it's like, well, I mean, okay, if you but really do, like do it, those other running shoes provide the exact same level of value that you just outlined and said that you like? Yeah, because my understanding is that Newton have some specific thing that kind of changes the mechanics of your running a little bit so if you really value that who cares if other shoes are fifty dollars less you know save up the additional fifty dollars and go get the shoes that you really like no i think i think it's spot on now one correlated question to this question is like a bonus question i guess a correlated question to this is uh, on the income side which is why wouldn't i take this new job because it makes more money so just like, well, why wouldn't I use this other thing because it's free and, and cheaper? Why wouldn't I take this new job because it makes more money? And again, that's the wrong question. Um, you know, one of the biggest problems, certainly in, in I think in this country and just sort of the culture of like more money equals more success and like that default baseline belief. And money is tied to success. It is. But it's- not in that way. Yes. So many people do just equate more money with more success. But in reality, it comes down to how efficiently you're using that money and whether or not you're using it in ways that help you achieve what you actually prioritize. Totally. Yeah. You can live a super meaningful life without making massive amounts mm-hmm. of money. That's it's not those two are not perfectly, you know, correlated. And so Ultimately, you know, not to rehash stuff we've told on the podcast before, but ultimately that's why I, I wanted to leave, especially the, the engineering profession I was in. It, it was partly engineering in general, but it was, it was mostly like um, that specific business I was in because I was making good money, especially for my age, good grief. Uh, but it was extremely high demand on travel, extremely high demand on overtime and just the, the lifestyle that I was going to be required to keep that job. Mm-hmm. And we were able to see long term, hey, this is not, regardless of how much money you make, this is not the lifestyle that we're trying to build for us. And so we need to find something different. And I always like when we see people that are like really in tune with this. Yeah. Like we were watching Levi Allen's um, Slackline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, oh, what's it called? Dang it. Hold on. I'll Google it. Okay. Untethered. Okay. So yeah, we're watching Untethered and the main slackliner in that in that documentary was talking about like, yeah, I poured cement like five days a week. I lived out of my van and then like on the weekends I just let out to go slackline yep. in like the coolest places and I, I wanted to live as cheaply as possible so so that I could dedicate as much money as I possibly could to like my slacklining. That's right. That's and right. and it's like And he went on to break a world record. Yeah. You know, so that's pretty cool. Now do other people look at him and think he's crazy? Probably. Probably. But I'm like, that's really cool. You know exactly what your values are and yep. like you're 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 living according to those values. That's right. That's right. So 
just be careful whenever you're sort of defaulting into one of those questions. Now, I also wanted to give one little more kind of last caveat to this question in particular, because I think sometimes we can justify purchases because they are better, right? So think again, back to the the question, why would I buy this when I can get XYZ thing for cheaper or for free? The better question is, what's the best tool for the job based on the value it provides and how important that value is to me? That second part's really important because we could upgrade everything in our life because we could find a better, more expensive alternative, Mm -hmm. right? Um, We have a 2001 truck with 265,000 miles on it. Could we buy a brand new truck that would do the job of towing our Airstream better? Of course. But for us, based on what we care about and the hassles we're willing to put up with by mm-hmm. having an old truck, the value that new truck provides doesn't uh, it doesn't bring enough of it for me to make the trade offs yeah. for what it would cost to pay that. Yeah, and a lot of it, you know, you have to take into account like your skill set and everything. Yeah, totally. Like for you to do some minor repairs on the truck. It's not that big a deal. It's not yeah. Yeah. And so I just want to be careful, like, don't use what we're saying here as justification to to go ham and, and upgrade everything because, well, it's better, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it brings more value. I think that people go extreme typically in one way or the other. You get people in personal finance that are going to go super cheap. They're always going to go for the free or cheap alternative. And they're, mm-hmm. if, they're, if there is a cheap or free alternative, they're always going with it. Yeah. They're never. They like won't even let themselves they consider won't even let themselves consider. And I think that that's a, I think that's a, a bad way to, to view it. Because there are certain things that matter and or that matter to you that would be better if you would spend a little bit extra. But it's also a bad way to view it or not not the most um, efficient way to use your money yep. to default to always buying the most expensive yeah, level the latest thing and that greatest you can get. tech, you know, um, you're upgrading your iPhone every six months because that's how often they come up with a new one, you know, like that kind of thing is, is and it's really is easy to get into that totally. routine yep so it's very easy so um hopefully that kind of makes sense and helps you understand a, a better way to phrase that question to figure mm-hmm. out what you like and what you don't like Man, which you are i mean really making an art form i'm making an art out form of out of this like into this stuff we like <laughs> so uh yeah let's get into the stuff we like As I like to do, I'm going to bring this full circle and I'm going to say that what I am, I'm not, I'm not just even liking it. I am loving it. You right are now. loving it. I am loving smoothie bowls. And so this is a perfect example of why would I go pay $10 for a smoothie bowl when I can go pay $10 for a hamburger? Yeah. Which is way more food. Filling. Yeah. And, or something. You know, whatever. You, yeah. But you would look at that and go like more, more yeah. is better, whatever. Yeah. I just love smoothie bowls. I don't know if it's because we're in a hot climate right now. I I don't know what it is, but there's this one place in particular. Their smoothie bowls are beautiful. They're legit. They're delicious. I'm sure they're not healthy for you, but you don't feel like crap after. I mean, they're healthier because okay, when we went and got them this weekend, it was between that or going and getting hot wings, and I think that they were healthier than the hot wings. Well, hot wings and pizza. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, I think, I think it was probably the better, the better the health better choice. choice, but you know, Nick and I have talked about this too. You know, sometimes you like go out to eat and you eat a bunch of stuff and you're like, Ugh, I don't feel good. 
after yeah, I ate that. It's just like, bleh. yeah. Well, we got our smoothie bowls and we walked around town while we ate them, and it was just like the That's most so pleasant, pleasant experience. Yeah, it was really great. So I am loving smoothie bowls. Well, and you, I mean, I got to brag on you. You've been making some good smoothie bowls. So we've only we have we've actually bought them once now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I was making them a lot. You've before that. made them. I don't know. You've made probably ten or twelve over the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're good. I mean, I really like them. Yeah. So, yeah. Smoothie bowls, y'all. If you like a smoothie, it's great because you've always said, you've always said. I want to eat something. You want to eat something. Yeah. Because like I like smoothies and I like drinks and stuff like that. So I've always kind of liked them. But you, if we did a smoothie as like a meal, it just, it's, you've always felt like, ah, I just, I want to eat something. This leads into a classic um, smoothie story that we have to tell. When Nick and I first got married, we had like a 45 (laughs) minute commute every morning. And, and thankfully, like we worked and went to school like very close together so we could do that commute together. And so we kind of got in this routine where I would get up and shower and get ready and Nick gets ready in two minutes. So he would make our breakfast for the day, which was smoothies so that we could drink them in the car. I'm pretty good at breakfast. Yeah, you are. <laughs> and so, uh, so, you know, we were driving to school one day. I'm drinking my smoothie. And I'm like, man, these smoothies that you've been making the past couple of days, these are really good. Like, what's in here? This one today in particular is and very he, good. No, it wasn't just that one day. You had been you had been sneaking it by on me for a few days. So he's like, well, you know, I, I use some bananas and then like some Greek yogurt and then like some ice. And then I use some of that like protein powder stuff. And then, um, you know, those cupcakes that were left over from our <laughs> wedding. I've just like been putting a couple of those in there and then just like blending it up and whatever. And I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> You've been... <laughs> You've been blending cupcakes <laughs> up in our smoothies every morning. Like, They're really good. How, how long has this been happening? Like, yeah. So I don't even want to know, like, how much. I probably gained, like, a bunch of weight in that and didn't even. You're drinking a lot of calories. <laughs> drinking, like, 3,000 <laughs> calories a morning in cupcakes. They're really good, though. <laughs> they were good smoothies. If you, uh. I think that we might be crossing the line over into a milkshake, but that's okay. Hey, they were good. They were good. <laughs> All right, y'all. Um. As always, thanks so much for listening. Let me give you a quick kind of wrap up. Um, so the, the three questions and the better questions, right? Number one, can I afford this? Better question, what will this bring to my life and is it worth the trade-offs? Question number two, what do people spend on average for things like groceries or rent or cars? Better question, what am I spending in these categories and does that align with what I care about the most? Question number three, why would I buy this thing when I can get XYZ for free or cheaper? The better question is, what's the best tool for the job based on the value it provides and how important that value is to me? So hopefully this has been helpful for you and hopefully this gives you some better questions to go through and look at your finances with. Uh, as always, thanks so much for listening and we will see you next time. See y'all later. See you later.